And my biggest thing about sales is, and you can probably agree to this, and this has always been my thing. I'm going to get that client to like me more than they like you. Great experiences build great leaders. Great leaders build great teams. This is Building Great Sales Teams. All right, guys, welcome back to Building Great Sales Teams. We got a nice one-two punch for you before we had uh, a mortgage specialist. And now we've got one of the best home builders I know. He's the CEO of Hemlock Homes, Brian Bursick. Welcome to the show, brother. Thanks for having me, man. All right, Brian, you're an expert in new construction and remodeling in Pittsburgh, uh, sales and operations as well. You're a husband a father of two beautiful girls. I saw the dancing pictures and everything. Yeah. And then, so you recently posted about the perspective of not being able to work as much, right? And a lot of yeah. entrepreneurs have that perspective and they feel like, oh, I can't work as hard as I used to. And you had an interesting take on that. Can you walk us through that? Yeah, so like, you know, I hear it all the time as we start to get older. It's like, oh, I don't have time, you know, anymore. I have dance, I have baseball, I have soccer. And that's true. I mean, I mean, it's definitely true, but I feel that people don't understand the asset of time management. Like, you know, uh, we plan out our day here. I mean, I write down, just like I said, I mean, I have pen and paper. I go right down the list, checking them off as they're done, you know, and I, they're all mostly money generating activities. I mean, that's mm -hmm. what I focus on a lot of the time during the day or a certain portion. Um, you know, we try and work in here to try and time block as best as we can to, you know, identify areas that need to be fixed and, and hit them accordingly. It's tough because we're understaffed for as much right. work as we do, but, you know, we try and stay consistent. We try and stay organized and you'd be shocked that when you audit your time, how much bullshit you do and how much, <laughs> dumb, how much time we actually waste. Have you ever heard of, uh, ever heard Justin Nelson talk about how he time blocked? Yeah. Time I, I, it's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah I, I love that version of it because, it, it, yeah, it's the extreme version of it. So this guy, he strapped a GoPro to his chest and had his VAs basically time block his, his whole day so he could become a lot more efficient at time management. But I don't know if I have the balls to do that or not. But, uh, I don't know if I want to do all that. But <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. All right, brother. Um, when did you decide – that you wanted to become an entrepreneur were you in the construction space already the remodeling space or the new home builds and you saw definitely an opportunity not, definitely not new home builds mm -hmm. um i mean my entrepreneurial thing's always been like i've always been able to sell stuff you know back in the okay. day i was like slinging pogs or pokemon cards or, yes that was before <laughs> pokemon cards were cool but um you know i you know i got suspended in middle school for selling and hemp necklaces i had i was a salesperson somebody built them i mean we made thousands and uh wow. you know they caught they caught it and then i had a permit and all this stuff they wanted me to repay all this money but uh yeah i mean i've always been you know the gift of trying to be able to sell and understand leveraging other people and myself to do more activity so, you know, I worked for my dad for a very long time. Uh, he's an entrepreneur, business owner for over 35 years and wow. kind of watched him grow and delegate and evolve and, and, you know, consistently grow and how hard it is. 
So, you know, I stayed in that business for a long time helping him. Uh, mm -hmm. But I always wanted to kind of do my own thing. And yeah, I mean, I, I got into real estate over almost a decade ago now doing fix and flips and rentals mm -hmm. and that stuff. And I kind of got burned out on that. Then I did acquisitions for a long, for a couple of years. And as a lead salesperson for one of the biggest flipping companies in our market, mm -hmm. uh, moved on from that and was able to then transition into construction to where we started Hemlock Homes. And I seen a void in the market for new construction where I was like, I don't know any young home builders. Like I, they're all older, that it's right. kind of an older demographic thing. And I'm like, well, who's mm -hmm. gonna carry the torch one day? So, you know, we kind of sat down in a restaurant, um, buddy of mine's cousin's been a home builder for a long time, worked at some production companies and things of that mm -hmm. nature. And we sat back and kind of just mapped out like, okay, where can we do, how can we do this? And I was like, listen, man, you bring the construction side, I'll bring the sales operations and the money and we'll figure this thing out. So we ended up borrowing like 1.4 million in private money and built four specs. Um, mm -hmm. And that's kind of how it started. Uh, we paid a shitload of money and in interest to that, and, <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but it built our name, uh, yeah. you know, and, and that, that private money person, I still, you know, deal with today. I love that person. I mean, they were able to get us off the ground and, yeah. You know, nobody wanted to finance this. Everyone's like, we're not financing dirt. There's nothing there. There's no leanable items. And I'm like, listen, I'm telling you, I'm going to do this. And they're like, you've never even, <laughs> you've never even you know built who one I house. think I am. Yeah. You've never <laughs> even built one house. But uh, yeah. yeah, so we, we ended up doing, um, you know, we didn't make a bunch of money, but we were able to get our brand out there. And then we feel we realized that we needed to transition into pre-sold custom. So we started to do that. Um, again, it's just a reflection of doing good business. Our lawyer who we deal with a lot with our closings, mm -hmm. we ended up building his house, which was over a million dollars. So like our first custom true house was a wow. giant one. So, you know, we were able to deliver so you, and deliver. You could say you deliver. specialize in seven figure homes right away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Multi-million dollar producer. But, um, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I, Again, for me, it's always been a premises of like, I'll go broke in this business before I leave anybody hanging. And I feel that that's really what has elevated us, plus a phenomenal team. I mean, we've been able to, there's been extremely hard times. I mean, we, we went, we, we started scaling this thing right when COVID hit. And oh, wow. Ridiculous. I mean, we built 17 houses through COVID, didn't ask anybody for a dollar ate it the whole way because we understood that if we ruin our brand now, we'll never be able to stand on our own two feet 10 years from now. So, you know, we were willing to take that hit on the chin and nobody argued here. It was never mm -hmm. a thing of like, Oh, this is your fault. This is your fault. We didn't yeah. make any, I mean, we, dude, I mean, we lost hundreds of thousands of dollars and no one pointed the finger at anybody. So mm -hmm. that kind of right then and there was like a, a, a turning point for us. And we're like, okay, we have a solid foundation. How can we build on it? Yeah. I remember listening to your uh, guest episode on, I want to say Thomas Keenan's podcast. Mm -hmm. And you talked about that. You were just coming off of that. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And you were very optimistic yet. You know what I mean? You just lost like, I think it was like 50 grand on one house. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because the market changed right? The, mm -hmm. the, the contract was signed and then all of a sudden the supply wasn't there anymore. The cost went up and now mm -hmm. you're like 10 grand upside down on this house, you know, 
but you still yeah, the house and follow through. The biggest one, I think the biggest loss we took was about 82,000 on one. Wow. And that's like not including my supervisor's time or my partner's time. Right. So it's really probably more like a hundred and some. Mm-hmm. So now that, you know, you're a couple of years out from that, three years out from that, where can, can you see where that has benefited you long-term to where you all have made hundreds of thousands now because you made that decision back then or is it? Yeah. Still- I mean, we build a suit. I mean, we got efficient, man. Um, mm-hmm. As far as like, you know, our processes and, you know, our vendor mm-hmm. relationships, we had to shift our, our partners who are sub partners. We had to shift. I mean, we made all the right moves. I felt during COVID mm-hmm. um, and we didn't, get distracted by i mean we had to scale unintentionally you know i had to keep Mm -hmm. money coming in the business so i mean we went from about a million to about nine and a half million in four years but it was because of necessity i had to keep just bringing it in or because if i couldn't we weren't going to keep the doors open right but but we were also able to you know maintain a very good quality home during that time Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it was extremely important for us at that moment to not ask, you know, cause there was a lot of builders stopping their builds and asking people for 60 to $80,000. I yeah. didn't, we just, we collectively as a group sat down, talked about it and decided that wasn't the way we wanted to handle it. Mm-hmm. And I feel that that's the better play because now it enabled us. And my, my whole thing I always tell everyone is like, I just need more innings at bat. I'm going to keep getting better and better. Like, right, let me keep right. building one house after another, after another, after another, mm-hmm. after another, after another, because we're going to go back and look at where we messed up. You know, Thursdays, we dive into our data to where like, okay, where are the numbers transition? We're, you know, how are we on this phase, this phase, that phase? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we, we dive into a lot of that stuff now when before we never had to, because we never used to have to be in the commodities market as a builder now i do now i do yeah and it's i would imagine it fluctuates a lot you know what i'm saying so you got a pre-purchase and like i can't yeah i can't even imagine (laughs) i mean we have so many moving parts it's Mm -hmm. insane so when you look at you know that journey in the last four years obviously you know well let's just go into that for a little bit how did you educate customer because because if i think about it when i bought my first home let's just say i did do a new build i wouldn't have known even though this all this craziness was going on in the marketplace that all your costs were going up and that basically you were eating this house you know what i'm saying so did y'all make an effort to educate the customer behind that and what that looked like or, or did, did y'all just I, kind of like i never brought it up to anybody unless they gave us a very hard time at the end okay and i would be like listen I, I, I'm not making money. I'm just gonna, I didn't make any money. I mean, yeah. I lost a lot of money and I'm not, yeah. you know, I'm, I mean, we didn't say anything to you. We didn't, we didn't want to inhibit your experience. We didn't want to make your right. experience any lesser than, so we didn't say anything like mm-hmm. it. I understand that you can either make somebody's life extremely, you're going to have a very negative experience with new construction or you're going to have right. a good experience. There's no in the middle where it's like, sense, ah, right. it was kind of good, kind of not. Yeah. But it's it usually goes either good or it's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I anybody that I know that has built a house um, and that hasn't been you know the builder in the process, um, it's been a bad experience. Yeah. You know, and I, I could say that across the board, whether it's mm-hmm. you know the the spec home, the you know cookie cutter, or the mm-hmm. completely custom home, they've had a yeah. they have complained to me. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I can imagine when you have 
probably all the raving fans you created from that time, you know what I'm saying, that you invested a lot of money and your own time in it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's got to be huge for your business now. So when you look at your, your lead generation now, where are your leads coming? Are they, are you getting a lot of referrals? Are you? Yeah. So to- that's the craziest part about our business. And, and I, I attribute it a lot to the same thing that, you know, with build your machine. I mean, I went super hard on that. I mean, I posted consistently every day for over 23 months, every single day. And I'm like, you know, it's, it's not all just brand, 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 right, brand, brand, right. brand. I mean, you got to put out some education and you got to put out some content that people are worth listening to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for us, we've scaled, like I said, from about a million to about nine and a half million in four years, solely based on social media, nothing but. I spent $10,000 last year on marketing and we did over 9 million. That's crazy. That's crazy. Like, all the marketing people nuts. are just like nuts. uncomfortable right now. <laughs> it's it's bananas. And it's, and it's me doing it all. So like yeah. I get up, I have a routine every morning that I do when I get home from the gym, I post same thing, you know, mm-hmm. yada, yada, you know, we've talked about this before with student yeah. and all the same stuff. Like I followed that and I was like, okay, like if I'm going to be heard, I need to be heard, but I need to be genuine. And I also need to not be, you know, be able to back that with authenticity. And, yeah. you know, uh, the thing about us is you might, you know, we've had issues, of course, this is construction, yeah. but I've never abandoned anybody. Ever. I've gone negative right. on multiple projects because I'll come back and fix your stuff until it's perfect. And I always mm-hmm. will. Mm-hmm. You know, and I always said that it's not about, you got to believe in the jockey. So yeah. if you're not believing in what we're doing and who's standing behind it, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to do, I don't want to play this game. No, it makes, makes a ton of sense. And I, I've seen a lot of that too. And, and because you are posting it out there and you're putting your brand out there and you're willing to say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to finish it and we're going to do it the right way. Like all of a sudden your conviction and every other conversation changes, you know, yeah. it's like, I'm already putting all my shit out there on social media. Mm-hmm. Like, like test me, like call my customers, find out, call you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, sure. and that creates this confidence and this conviction that, that people can feel and see, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They can be a part of it. I mean, my biggest goal right now in my entire, my goal for my career is to bring some integrity back to construction. I don't give a shit. Like money's an ancillary factor to this game, but mm-hmm. like it is so messed up right now with the amount of people getting ripped off and all that other stuff. It's just one of them things where we cannot allow this to continue to happen. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's not, it's, it's something like when you see a homeowner that's saved for 12, 15 years for a big major project and they just get robbed. It's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And like but, here in Pennsylvania, our legislation is awful. So like we write a check for 50 bucks, we're a contractor. That's it. Easy wow. as that. Yeah. Now then, yeah, <laughs> that's a lot of, that's a lot of industries though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like everybody's a coach now, right? So <laughs> oh, yeah. they don't even they always have say to write it's, the check. it's easier to, it's easier to be a coach than to do. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, when, when buyers are getting into the marketplace and they're looking at building, what are some of the key things they can, and I'm just curious about this because I know we're going to get into the sales stuff, but now that you said that, I want to know, like, what should somebody be looking for? Because not everybody can be in Pennsylvania and mm-hmm. hire you to build their home, right? So what yeah, should I, they be listening for to understand, hey, I'm about to get hosed if I don't pay attention here? 
it's a giant um dude i say this all the time and it's like it's one of them things where you have to understand what you're getting for your money you have Mm -hmm. to so every builder does things differently so i have i have been in an industry to where i can so it's funny well i'm just going to the story of this so when i first got into the industry i was the new guy so every time people would come into my office, I was the last person they would visit. And I always thought that was like bad until they started telling me about every experience they had with everyone else before me. And they told me everything they hated. They told me everything they loved. They told me every problem. They told me every issue. So then I just formed my thing right around all that. So then I made, (laughs) yeah. So I just, I did every, I'll do everything that the other builders don't want to do. I'll carry every stone i'll do every single thing that they you know because we're full custom in every aspect i mean i'm there through design i'm through the dirt work i'm there through everything a lot of builders in our industry or in our area don't do foundations or i'm sorry they don't do excavation they don't do driveways they don't do landscaping they don't do appliances so people will be like well why is your number one hundred and fifty thousand dollars higher than the next person i'm like because that builder is leaving you with $200,000 in work to do yourself. Yes. You just don't understand that because all you're looking at is the number. So yeah. people don't understand because they get too mesmerized by the difference in the number. The difference in the number is, is when I build for you, you move in and you're done. Yeah. Not, hey, let's move in and let's do $200,000 of work myself mm-hmm. and try and hire more contractors and try and be a GC and all this other stuff. That's not how you build a home. I'm your GC. I'm your builder. I'm there from design selections to finish. I, I, we do all your permitting for you. I mean, we do every step of the way. It's all done by us in-house. I mean, we have a builder, we have a client right now who's like friends were like, Oh, you have to be so stressed out. You're building. And she's like, nah, it's been great. Simple. I don't really do anything. <laughs> you know, I show up and there's just a bunch of stuff done. I don't know. It's great. But, you know, there's the other side to that of where like, you know, and it's also materials like what are, what kind of materials are you getting? Are you getting mm-hmm. builder grade windows? Or are you getting color windows? Are you getting Lennox furnaces? Are you getting Goodman's? I mean, there's a the production people are all very notoriously known for putting in subpar materials. That's to keep costs down. Yeah. I don't want to have warranty problems. So we put in quality products put in by quality partners. And I'll be honest, I don't have rarely any warranty issues. Very small. No, that makes a lot of sense. And Because warranty will bury you as a builder. Like mm-hmm. now that we've built probably over 45 houses, if I have mm-hmm. problems at all 45, I'm going to go bankrupt fixing them all. Yeah. Uh, that makes a ton of sense. Like, And, and, and that's just in g- doing business in general, right? It's not taking the problem customer. You know what I mean? Not taking on the risk, whatever the case is. Like, the more and more you hold that line, the better and better your business is going to get because of it. You know? Yeah, and I mean, we did a lot of that. I mean, you walk in our door, you see our core values on the wall, and we can kind mm-hmm. of tell. Like, you know, and we've been. I, I would say I've been extremely fortunate. I have some other buddies who have builder who are builders, and some of their client stories are horrendous. Mm-hmm. I don't have that. I mean, honestly, I mean, we've had, I've met some awesome people. We've had some really, really good experiences with people. I mean, we've been able to, you know, see videos from people enjoying their houses on the holidays and this Mm -hmm. and that and maintain a good relationship and have referral based and, 
you know, it, it's it's very rare that people want to start throwing builder names out as referrals because they know that it could if it goes bad, they're gonna look back yeah. at them and say, Why did you give me this person? <laughs> Why'd you give me this asshole? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, that makes a ton of sense. Let's let's pivot a little bit to your remodeling division. And and this is such a tough, you know, because I, I have clients that are in kitchens, I have cl- clients that are just in bath and uh, clients that just do patios, you know what I'm saying? Or turf in the, so when you, when, when someone tells me that they do remodeling in general, it's like, wow, that's a lot, you know, but obviously it makes sense coming from your point of view, because y'all build complete homes, right? So you have those divisions within your home building, and then you can just, you, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing use them for the individual remodeling jobs, but have you, have you, this is this is something that from other people like uh, Sam Kaufman is one of them. He just focuses on kitchen and bath, right? Do, do you find it in that remodeling part of the business that the the juice isn't worth the squeeze because it's so general? Uh, I mean, it, I think every contractor when they first start out, they want to start out doing everything, and they're a master mm-hmm. of everything and great at nothing. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, we we more more or less focus now on kitchens, bathrooms, finished basements, and custom trim work and some porches. Mm-hmm. But uh, other than that, I mean, we stick within our niche. I did the same thing. I did a lot of everything in the beginning, and then focused on what we're good at. And um, we have a nine person in house team, so they kind of do. We swap them in and out during their strengths during certain mm-hmm. phases of construction. Um, but also for us we had to have remodeling because the biggest thing about contractors where they mess up is cash flow. They don't understand it. They have no idea how to operate it. They have no idea how to maintain it and they have no idea how to track it. So for us, the new construction side brings in giant chunks of money, which could bring in more profits, but what do you, but you might not only get one draw, two draws a month. That's not enough. I have to have, consistent cash flow, which is where the remodeling comes in. So the remodeling for the first four years of our company piggybacked all of our overhead. It paid for mm-hmm. every single piece of overhead. So I'm net zero when I get to new construction, because when I actually figure this thing out and mm-hmm. I'm net a million on new construction, that's true net a million. Right. Where it's like, I have no, because my overhead is already, you know, Maybe. being taken by the remodeling that pays for our office rent. It pays for all of our stuff, um, it, it doesn't, and it still does make a profit, but it, mm-hmm. it gets hit by a lot of overhead. But our overhead, you know, I'm looking at it now. I mean, we did Q1, we did almost 1.4 million and our overhead's like 9%. I mean, that's low. We run yeah. thin. So yeah, I mean, for us, it's, we needed the remodeling to be able to let the, the new construction build and grow. Mm-hmm. So right I, now, I, but I'll tell you though, if you're doing just remodeling on its own as like a profession, profession, mm-hmm. you need to do a lot to make money, a lot to, to make real money. Yeah, no, that that makes a lot of sense because you know the material costs and everything, the labor, especially if you don't have in-house labor. Your cost of goods sold is like seventy percent. I know, and it, you know yeah. when when people throw out these like these big numbers, whether it's in solar or in new construction or whatever the case yeah. is, it's like, shit, your cost of goods is like, like you it's said. Astronomical. <laughs> yeah. Dude, um, during COVID, during COVID, I'm looking at the numbers now on my wall. I mean, our cost of goods sold was in the 80s. Wow. That's insane. Yeah. 
I love I mean, that you have the numbers in front of you, yeah. though. That's incredibly important in any business. Yeah. So I love that. Okay, so you're the main uh, right now. You're the main salesperson for your remodeling division. Kind of yeah. walk me through what, what does that sales process look like? Where are you generating your leads from? Is that also from mm -hmm. social media mm -hmm. referral that type of mm -hmm. deal? And then mm -hmm. um, do you have that process lined out? Yeah. So I I still sit in remodeling just because I mean I love I love meeting the people. Uh, okay. It's the only thing that still like holds me on to it is like, even this morning, I had a conversation with a guy for an hour about his farm. It's just, I love nice. talking to the, the people, you know? Um, yeah. So like, again, social, it's all social media based everything. Mm -hmm. So we just started our first like actual real money. We did a billboard for, I think we signed up for eight months. So that was like our first. I saw that. Paid. Yeah. So that's our for first actual paid marketing that we've ever done. Ever. I mean, let me just company. jump in here and say this real quick. Like, I wish you guys were in Texas. Like, because when I get ready to build my ranch house, like, literally yeah. the the pictures that you post, I save them on yeah. my phone because I love these homes. And you're you're, uh, Brian's being a hundred percent genuine in what he's saying. Like, I've never seen one look the same as the other, other than that blue, which I love the blue, obviously, because that's my color, anyways. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But but go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, it's, you know, so that was our first piece of actual paid marketing we've ever done in this company since we started. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, everything's based on referral and social media based. Um, yeah, so we have an, our admin answers the phone daily. So rule of thumb is if you're a contractor and you actually answer the phone, you're better than 75% of all contractors out there. It's Winning. just true. Yes. So, you know, I typically, you know, and I used to have sales appointments all over the place, but since I'm still in operations, I still work at a high level in the company. I do appointments only at 930 in the morning. Most of the time, that's my time to do appointments. I get that appointment a day and then I'll come in. Typically, I turn around all proposals within two days. Um, nice. I try and get them out that day because I feel like speed wins. Mm -hmm. Although, you know, now nowadays with money being a little bit more expensive or getting shopped out a little bit more but yeah. again it's you know you have to be able to separate yourself i always tell people if it takes someone to take three weeks to get your bid back your project's going to take three times as long so makes a lot of sense um yeah. yeah i mean i do a i do i anything that fits our criteria of a bathroom basement bathroom in the areas that we like to work in and the zip codes mm -hmm. that we target i'm going on that appointment no matter what because i want to meet you and my biggest thing about sales is, and you can probably agree to this, and this has always been my thing. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get that client to like me more than they like you. That's my number one focus. I'm yeah. going to get them to like me more than they like you because I'm just going to sit there and be quiet and listen and listen and listen and just ask questions and listen. And again, it, it's, you know, these people are going to tell you their story. And a yeah. lot of people, you know, I hear this all the time. Contractors will be like, I told them my idea, but they told me I should do it some other way, but that's not the way I want it. I'm like, well, then I'll, I'll build it for you the way you want it. It's your house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, um, I don't live there. So, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's our process. And then I have follow-up Fridays. Um, I do all of our follow-ups on Friday, just email blast. Boom, 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 boom. We use builder trend software, so like I can look at the map of like where we are target markets. I mean, our target markets within thirty minutes of our office, and it's just mm -hmm. peppered. Um, but yeah, we we moved over to this office, which is in more of an A neighborhood, um, and 
you know, we have branding all over the windows and things of that nature, but it's also mm-hmm. put us in a higher level clientele, but I'm also not high end. I know my clientele. Like I sit in the middle class, the upper middle class. So we don't do right. ultra wealthy. We don't do well there. Yeah. It's the same when we, even when we build houses, I know that we're great in the 650 to, you know, 800 we'll do, we're doing a few over a million this year, but that's not our niche. Um, yeah. You know, we stay in where we're good at and what we do consistently. And, you know, our turnarounds on new builds and, and all that is crushing everybody. I mean, we yeah. are rushing everyone in time to completion. Um, but yeah, as far as like our process, it, it rolls, you know, call comes in, uh, my admin sets my appointment at the mm-hmm. time. I check my calendar the day before. I know where I'm going. I'm 15 minutes early. Um, I, you know, have a, I've done the same kind of presentation, just listen to what they need, mm-hmm. get a proposal over fast, follow up, you know, it, and again, there's some people where I'm honest too. If I don't like the project, I tell you, I don't want it. I don't like it. I don't, I'm not comfortable with it. It's not what we do. Right. I'm not here to waste your time. And, and again, I think people miss Appreciate that. that, that authenticity. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, well, how do I make you like the project? <laughs> you can't. Now they're, now they're selling you. <laughs> yeah, you can't, you know, cause like, again, I mean, I'm looking at our order of starts. I mean, we have nine projects and all the ones that we like to do and. Mm-hmm. You know. Very nice. So it sounds to me like, you know, and every salesperson has something that they're very good at and in yours sounds like rapport. You know, aside from execution, obviously, rapport is a big thing for you. Yeah. Do you have kind of these stories you have queued up that you like to tell customers? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It all depends on the customer. They'll kind of lead the way, but... Uh, Can you tell I us always, one, of the, one of those stories? Yeah, there's definitely, like, I went on one the other day, and we were fixing a house across the street, and I was like, mm-hmm. she's like, and she had that contractor come look at her house, and I was like, listen, I'm not going to name drop, or I'm not going to do all these things, but same as you know you know it's really expensive doing things two and three times i'm mm-hmm. like so think about that before you understand you can deliver on who's going to actually come into your home and you have to understand that we're coming into other people's houses it's yeah. it's it can be uncomfortable it can be weird you can need to have a process for it mm-hmm. but yeah i mean there's always like a few key stories of like whether it's fixing certain things or I'll, I'll tell this story. So I have, I'm, I'm a big advocate of like doing the right thing. So okay. I'm very consistent with my vendors. If you're my vendor, you're my vendor for as long as I can keep you. So I used an appliance guy since I started my career and I consistently use them, consistently use them, consistently use them. And he calls me one day. He's like, Hey man, I got this lady in here and she wants her kitchen done, but she just keeps getting ripped off, ripped off by contractors and she just right. can't find a good one. Can you help her out? I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, give her my number. And, you know, she called in. I ended up meeting mm-hmm. her. I helped her out with a few projects that she had problems with, charged her nothing, did it, you know, just because she wanted to do the kitchen. I'm like, listen, I'll, I'll make money on the kitchen. Let's help get your other projects squared away. Yeah. So yada, yada, we end up doing her kitchen. And she so happens to be a consultant for construction companies as well. So, you know, we kind of talked and did all these, yeah. So we (laughs) talked and did all these things and she kind of helped me and molded me and helped me on some things where I could have got better. And, you know, we ended up doing a six figure kitchen for her. Um, So we're, we're going through COVID. And again, this all comes down to doing the right thing and doing what you say you're going to do. And Mm -hmm. we're going through COVID 
I have $125,000 in bills in the back that I don't know how I'm going to pay. I have no money coming in. We have nothing. So she calls me and she's like, hey, I want to do a cabana in the back of my house is my office. And then I'm mm-hmm. going to make my office that. I'm like, all right, cool. So it's like a custom full on pool house, cabana, office, kitchen, bar. Wow. So the, the project was over 300 grand. And I had no money at this point, you know, to like, I don't know how we're going to continue to even do it. She, she emails me one night and says, Hey, if I give you a check for $200,000 tomorrow, Mm -hmm. how much will you take off? And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) so we, we come to terms and she gives me a check for $200,000. So I was able to pay that $125,000 in debt, take the profit up front. And that's what kept our company going during COVID. Craziest thing ever. That's amazing. Dude, it's crazy. It's crazy. You know what I love even more about that story is that, um, damn, my mind went blank, but that that she was a construction consultant and she couldn't find anybody to do her kitchen. Like yeah. that just makes no, that blows my it's mind. Crazy. You should have a whole Rolodex of people. Yeah, she had to crazy. go out and get a referral from yeah. your appliance guy. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> nuts, dude. And like, there's been little gems dropped along the way, you know? And again, yeah. I always entitle it back to doing the right thing. You know, we've always done the right thing. You know, when we have any issues, we fix it. I'm not going to fight you on it. We're going to do the right thing every single time. Again, I'm here to play the long game. I'm here to play to win, and I'm not here to just money grab. I love it 100%. So now that you all scaled all the way up to $9 million, what? how have you seen the business evolve in terms of your, your operations and your support team? Have you had to add on a lot of people or, you know, have y'all just become incredibly efficient or where have you seen those, those changes happen? Yeah. So we're still running thin. So we have nine field guys that we operate and we intermingle them into new construction and remodeling. We have Mm -hmm. one project supervisor, my one partner who runs the new construction side still day to day out in the field because he loves it. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a remodeling a partner over there who runs the remodeling side who oversees that and we have an administrator an office manager and now we just brought him one of justin nelson's vas as well um but uh yeah we've had to add that piece and we're trying to now kind of segment into you know obviously down the road we're going to have to build a c-suite because i i mean i've said it to everybody i'm building this thing to sell there is no doubt yeah. Um, so it is, you know, one of the things we'll have to add down the line, but we're still running thin because we're, mm-hmm. we're still, we're finally just getting out of the COVID stuff. I mean, we are still in it a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. we finished all the builds, but right. we still have a little bit of debt we accumulated from COVID yeah. that we needed to get rid of. Um, I mean, last year I paid back over 400 grand in debt. So, you know, what we have now is under, under a hundred. So it's really not crazy, but you know, to be able to sit in that position and being able to figure out how to juggle these pieces has mm-hmm. been something. But yeah, I mean, we've, we have, I think we have 13 on staff now and uh, we're trying to segment everyone into like their select roles now mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and really divvy out like what our, our things are because we all do wear a million hats. So, I mean, if it wasn't for everyone here, this, this would have just been a disaster. Hell yeah. Oh, that's the truth. So you guys are 
doing the billboard marketing now. Obviously, in order to get to the next level, it can't just be you bringing in the leads. So, are it, 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 is that what you're looking at? Some of that like old school marketing? Or are you yeah. looking at some new school too? Nah, I'm not a. I'll be honest, and this is no like shot to the digital marketing people, but I've had zero success or happiness <laughs> in that land. Um, so I, I feel I've always felt old school marketing works. Um, you mm-hmm. know, other than social media, I mean, we do every platform: TikTok, Instagram, Rumble, uh, Facebook. Um, mm-hmm. My demographic's mostly Facebook. Uh, we don't do much on Instagram. Our following's not huge. Our following is big on Facebook, TikTok. Mm-hmm. I mean, we get the average, um, Snapchat, all the same stuff. But yeah, I mean, I love the billboard. I'm, um, I'm always a big believer in branding. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the power of branding, I mean, you look at Nike. I mean, they're $3 shoes. We buy them for 300 So it's all because it's got a swoosh on it, you know, and it's yeah. Louis Vuitton, all the same stuff. They're all brand. It's power of brand. And you know, it, you look at some of the big builders in our market who don't have good reputations, but it doesn't matter because their brand is so strong, so strong. So I focus more on branding more than I focus on actual customer acquisition. That makes a lot of sense. It really does. And, you know, I, I just watched that documentary that uh, they put out about uh, Courting Jordan. All right. It wasn't a documentary. It was a movie. The movie. I yeah, haven't seen movie. it yet, but I got to see Dude, it. How was it? It's, it's freaking amazing. Uh, like one of the best entrepreneur movies out there right now. So yeah, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed it. And that's how it, they sold him. They sold him on his own brand. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So what's better than that? Yeah. What's better than that? 100%. All right. So what's next for for you guys over at Hemlock Homes? So we are going to slowly start transitioning into development is kind of the play for us really yeah so yeah so we uh you know we bought into a i think 13 or 14 acre community in washington which is an area south of us Mm -hmm. um yeah it's it's kind of the foregoing of how we're going to grow so you know we want to get into like a 25 home community and do some stuff like that Mm -hmm. um i still love doing scattered sites but it's tough it's it's a very very hard way to do this and the land availability is getting to be tough so until we can get in and buy some bigger tracks it's going to be scaling is going to be difficult you know we Mm -hmm. always you know at the very beginning we're like oh we'll build 50 homes a year and i'm like "Eh, i think if we just do like 30 homes a year we'll find out we make enough but uh yeah you know, right now we're doing, we, we open about 22 homes a year. We'll finish about 18 or so. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it, that's the growth and where we want to go. Um, stabilization. I want to stabilize. Me and you talked about this. I'm going to mm-hmm. be pretty close this year. I think we're going to stabilize remodeling at about 2 million. And then I'm, I, at that point, it makes sense to bring on a sales guy. So now, yeah. you know, me and you doing our thing, I think we're going to put a, something really nice together. But uh, yeah. I, it was in that weird spot before where like a million's kind of there, but kind of not enough for a sales right. person. Right. So now I think this year we're going to elevate into some higher dollar projects and we'll be able to sustain that and be able to bring on, you know, full-time remodeling person. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's for us, I want to build about 30 homes a year and we, ultimate goal in five years is to hit about 20 million in revenue. Hell yeah. Now, now that you're doing development, are you, are you afraid of losing some of that like custom brand, you know, because are, are y'all going to be offering like kind of a skeleton or 
maybe a 70% built home and then the rest yeah, is custom? Yeah, I mean, how are you gonna do that? we're trying to, that, that's the, so right now we're in a plan where it's full custom. There's no HOA requirements, there's nothing. So it's, I mean, we're building a $1.4 million house in the back and we're building like a seven or $600,000 ranch and everything's mm-hmm. still custom designed. Um, okay. I, I genuinely, in my heart of hearts, I feel that production building is going to take a giant hit here in the next couple of years. I think people are tired of it. Um, I think semi-custom is going to win. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. No, I've never, I mean, I've, I started in real estate. I worked for a realtor that listed 300 homes a month, you know, and I did, I got so tired of taking pictures of these cookie cutter like and at the time it was you know in in south texas is a lot different than up there but um at the time it was like 150 to 180 thousand dollar homes it was the same house every time i stepped into one i was like i don't even have to take pictures i just use the one from this other house you know what i'm saying yeah and well, so that's i made a i made a post of that the other day where I, was, I posted one of our big houses that were designed and custom for somebody on on a farm mm-hmm. and i'm like it's not a napa it's not a whatever you want to call it model i mean People ask me, they're like, you know, you're pretty not afraid to like create some waves. And I'm like, <laughs> the thing about us is, is like, you're either going to get known or you're not like right. us as builders. It's a weird thing. Like we're not friends. Like I, I, I'm all about unity. I think if we all were together and we all kind of like forged ahead with one another. We would go somewhere way further, but mm-hmm. the building industry is weird, man. It's like, we all look at us like we're all straight competitors and whatever, mm-hmm. like, so the way I hit it is like just right between the eyes. Like I'm going to yeah. make you see me. I'm going to make you know we're here. I'm going to make yeah. you watch the growth and I'm going to make you get nervous until you want to go. Now you'll know. But I, it, it, yeah, I mean, for us, there's, we don't have models. We don't, that's why we try and visual, have more visualizations in our design process and all those things. But yeah. I still think semi-custom is going to, the word custom gets thrown on way too yeah. loose in this business. No, every every development is custom. Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> like, Luxury nothing. and custom. Like you're swapping out granite countertops for for mica. Like that's not yeah. custom. You know what I'm no. saying? Like, or vice versa. But, yeah, yeah, it's it's a everyone uses the terminology very loose. A hundred percent. All right, brother. Well, I got one more question for you, and I'm excited to hear the answer on this one. So my last question is: What does legacy mean to you, and what legacy do you want to leave behind? Legacy for me means absolutely everything. I am in this game. Our, mine, our name and reputation, I don't mean my name. I don't right. care about my name. I care about Hemlock Homes. Okay. When we're going through this, our name means everything. Like, I got into this game because, and I told somebody this a long time ago. I said, you know the weird part about this industry is? I said, 50 years from now, someone's going to flip one of our new construction houses. <laughs> Do you understand the dynamic of what you're doing? You're taking people who move into these homes, whether they're going to have great experiences and you're changing each one of those person's lives. They're going to have Christmases, Thanksgivings, Halloweens. They're going to create kids' memories. It's more than just a build. Until people understand that, you're playing wrong. So like, yeah, I look at it in the sense of like, I want Hemlock Homes to be known for something that we're proud of. We build quality homes. We did quality service. We played the game right. We did. We were patient. We didn't do, you know, for us, it's it's all about the long game and understanding that, yeah, it's crazy to think about that someone along the lines when I'm dead and gone is going to flip one of our houses. It's nuts. Yeah. And they're going to say, wow, 
you know, this is the easiest house to flip because it's well built and I just have to update things that, you know, need updating or whatever the case is because of style or trends or whatever. But yeah. no, uh, a legacy of memory makers. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love it, brother. That really is. Uh, I think that's our sound bite for sure, right? <laughs> I appreciate you coming on the show, brother. Yeah, uh, man. Thanks for having me. A ton of value, whether it's from the entrepreneurial standpoint or just the sales standpoint. So yes, thank you for coming on. Thank you. All right, let's get building. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Building Great Sales Teams podcast. We really do appreciate it. As you know, we believe that great leaders build great teams. How do you become a great leader? You learn from the greats. Join us at the Million Dollar Mastermind put on by Ryan Stuman in Frisco, Texas, and learn everything that you need to learn to be that great leader. The link will be in the description below. As always, we ask that you like, share, and subscribe wherever you consume podcasts so you can stay up to date with the Building Great Sales Teams podcast. Let's get building.